0: Everybody, this is uh, the man of I think it's like podcast number 63 or something. No, we are, are 64, oh. yes, third grade math. <laughs> Top three years for me, that's for sure. Hey, my name is Bill Cox, and we're glad you're here. And where is here? Here is Sugarland Baptist Church, Sugarland, Texas, right outside of Houston. If you take a globe, spin that round thing, put your finger down, bang, it'll probably be in water. Find the United States get to Texas. Southeast side is Houston. Southwest side of Houston is Sugar Land. And that is where we are. This is the Man Up podcast. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys trying to deepen our faith. And it's great to walk on a journey of faith with like-minded fellows. One thing about it, we feel that faith is a discipline. It needs to be exercised. And that's why we're here. It'll be about an hour. It's a podcast. It's great. We're on iTunes. And if you missed anything, we are archived on SoundCloud. We're in the study of 1 Samuel, Connect 360. And what we do is we go through, we have an adult Bible fellowship, go through a lesson, and then we have four awesome guys and me. Here to discuss the lesson. <laughs> and we do it in a man and up way. Bill. And that's right, in a man up way. <clears throat> and what I'm going to do is I'm going to introduce, we, because we feel that not only are men defined by what they do, but also by their personalities and by their hobbies and avocations. And when you're going to find out what these guys do, you'll be able to connect with one of them on a very special basis. And I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to introduce the panel for this week. He is a policy writer. He comes here often. He's all healed up. And he's a professional poker player. Mr. Steve Titch is here. And we have an attorney. He's a prosecutor, though, so he can defend you or he can throw the book at you. We call him the judge. It's Mr. Michael Cropper. He's here. Right. and. Kyle Trahan, he's our class deacon, insurance guy, he's here as well, and back, the professor, professional trainer, he's Robert Koshu, and my name is Bill Cox, I'm just basically a sales guy, a writer, an actor, and the director of Man Up, and what we're uh, looking at is we're going to do actually two lessons, because I was on vacation last week. And we're going to have a little summary of lesson 9 and lesson 10. But before we go to that, I'm going to have Mr. Michael Cropper do the summary, but I'm going to do him last because I want the fellas to introduce themselves so you'll recognize their voice as we talk about lesson 10. So, Mr. Koshu. I'm
1: glad to be here. This is going to be interesting. in in true man-up fashion, I am totally unprepared. Did not even awesome. bring my book. I was yeah. supposed to be at a Houston SharePoint event and got all the way to I-10 But wait, by Town & Country Mall and got a text that it had been canceled for the evening so i turned around and came back here talk
0: about a score when you're a man having something after our plan for you and then they cancel last minute and that is not a bad thing (laughs) (laughs) yeah he came in that's right he had an excuse he had an excuse uh
2: kyle trahan hey good evening all you know uh interesting lessons for this evening you know, for Lesson 10, the, the best of friends, we were talking about Jonathan and David uh, and their relationship and everything. Um, and I was looking back, you know, when we talked friends, we just went over uh, the six battles every guy must win, and one of those is fight for your friends. Um,
0: absolutely. You know, I thought about that when, when I read the lesson, because I'm not like Koshu. Yeah.
2: Uh, and, you know, uh, right. in that lesson, you know, we, we talk about David and some of the other guys right. and, and the aspects of being friends and everything, and, and this is such an important one, just, uh, you know, men and uh, a special bond and finding that person that you can actually rely on. So crucial. And
0: that, that is awesome, Kyle, and that's another great thing about this Man Up podcast. We give you the answers up front. You know, typical man way. You can listen to the first 10 or 15 minutes and you'll get pretty much the summary of what we feel about each lesson. Listen longer, and then it, we go into deeper of why we feel this way, and it's important. So. And Mr. Stetich.
3: Well, this, again, is is about an interesting friendship because uh, it's the heir to Saul that becomes friends with the... Absolutely.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Very good friends with the with the actual guy going the, actual hair. And the uh, crowd, and and it's well we'll, well, we'll see how
1: that plays out.
0: That is awesome. I want to give a shout out to uh, someone that's uh, what KSBJ is following us on Twitter.
1: That that is correct. KSBJ is the Christian, contemporary Christian radio station here in Houston. They're on eighty nine point three. They actually stream at KSBJ.org and they followed us on Twitter. Couple of weeks ago, so one of They are actually they were labeled contemporary Christian music's large market station of the year last year.
0: That is
1: awesome. That's very. I, I've been listening to them on and off for 20 something years. So, yeah. so here.
0: wow, talk about the whale following the minnow. Yeah. Oh, you
4: know? Yeah.
0: Well, it's a male yeah. minnow though. Man up. So uh <laughs> that is awesome. Thank you so much. And any of you that uh, that found us through KSBJ. Um but also we're gonna turn this over to Michael Cropper and he's gonna give a summary on a little bit on lesson nine. What a bitter uh bitterness and jealousy.
5: Yeah. Um real quickly folks, just a reminder, we are in Samuel, one of the greatest books in the Bible with the stories and the I guess the, the reflection of how God can guide Israel through their, uh, uh, through their times when they serve him, don't serve him. And here where we've been talking about is Saul being anointed first king of Israel and then he blows his relationship with God. He literally uh, does some very, very selfish things instead of serving the Lord in leading Israel and God chooses a new king. And of course now we're talking about David who has been anointed king over Israel. And uh, this is in Lesson 7, we're on Lesson 10 today. Uh, David gets anointed king over Israel and the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, leaves David and falls, pardon me, leaves Saul and goes to David and anoints David. And by doing this, uh, Saul becomes susceptible to his uh, being tested, an evil spirit, the Bible refers to it. And somehow another the Lord brings into his life David. Now David is an anointed king of Israel and shortly after that the Holy Spirit which has left Saul rests on David and Saul becomes very very temperamental and very angered and David is called to serve in Saul's house and to sing and play music for him to, to, to soothe his temperament. Uh, later than Saul again leads his his armies out to battle the Philistines, and at that time, David goes home and comes back and hears about a giant by the name of Goliath. And Goliath, uh, David has the Spirit of the Lord on him, and the Lord falls on him so greatly that he decides to fight Goliath. Of course, you know that story, folks. Uh, David wins, and he defeats Goliath, and then the Israelites are delivered uh, delivered to the, from the Philistines, and they... they uh, have a great, great victory. After that we have David meeting Jonathan. When he comes back to Saul and he plays music for Saul, at this time he meets Jonathan who is Saul's heir to the throne which you all have mentioned so far guys. And Jonathan and David just become extremely, extremely close friends. And folks I don't know if you've ever had somebody, a, a real close friendship with uh, a man of your own sex or a lady of your own sex, whatever. But you can have really, really close friendships. I can remember my best friend in middle school and high school. And uh, there were just times we'd go out and get coached. We'd just talk for hours and hours and hours. And this is what... Well, that's formative years. About.
0: I think that's that's fairly common that people meet mm-hmm. the, the um, people that, the friends that impact their life the most when they're both going through formative years years and defining moments and well, so that and does, this right. and this
3: clearly is one of those I mean we can we can assume that these men are probably at the most in their early 20s and probably in their late teens um, right. David was the youngest of his family he was a shepherd boy he, he could be as young as 18 or 17 in this point point. And, and I'm sure obviously Jonathan is his contemporary so so there are comparable yeah, to like yeah. Being can, in college or high school, uh, uh, yeah, we can go on to actually mm-hmm. ten because
5: basically right. nine was that, and that's mm-hmm. right. simply Jonathan David meeting become very very close friends, even though Saul is still is after David, and then ten will take us a lot deeper into that relationship. Well, and
0: I think Jonathan knew. Uh, oh. I think Jonathan knew. Oh no question that David was the one that was anointed. Well, and, and so he he's the one that really had the humility. Yeah.
1: C- correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Saul actually ordered Jonathan to kill David at some point. Yes, oh, absolutely. Exactly. Yes, he did. Yes, this he did. Impression yeah, that absolutely. hey, I'm, I want this guy killed. Right. And Jonathan pulled back and said, "Hey, uh, no." And, and I think what you said is going back to something that's come up over and over in these lessons for me as I've looked at him is the the leadership qualities that David had, and he was by all intents and purposes a real leader a manly leader and a leader who understood his own weaknesses and knew at least at this point for sure and knew that he needed to rely on God at the same time all of the things that Saul was missing in mm-hmm. this you know and I think that's one of the things that that as you mentioned Jonathan was just Jonathan knew the score And And we see, we actually see
3: when we get to read the scripture here in in chapter. I I think it's in chapter ten. We get to see actually Jonathan make the decision because as chapter ten opens, he still wants to give. I mean, he still wants to give the benefit of the doubt to Saul. Yeah, yeah, Um, but he's going to be open-minded about it and ultimately he does make a decision. (coughs) In in
5: chapter 9, and since you mentioned that, Robert, and and both of you mentioned Mm -hmm. that, in chapter 9, Jonathan, when he meets David, he takes off his armor and he gives it to David as a sign of homage, whatever it is, because just like you said, Robert, he knew, and Bill, he knew David was anointed to be king. I believe he was raised in the grace of the Lord and Mm -hmm. the direction of the Lord from his father when his father was trusting and talking about how God could deliver the Israelites. And Jonathan gives up his armor, and that's a sign saying, I know that you're going to be king one day, and I want you to accept me as one of your servants and one of your uh, a people that will be in your kingdom under you. Anyway, uh, So then we come to the 10.
3: Exactly. Right, chapter ten in the book, in chapter twenty,
5: in,
0: verse twenty.
3: In, in, verse in, 20. In, verse chapter twenty.
0: Right. Sorry, chapter 20
2: right. in, in the Samuel, in 1 Samuel. Kyle, what were you going to say? You know, so you know, Jonathan did give up his armor and you know his, his robe and stuff. It wasn't so much yeah. of the armor, but his uh, you know the other stuff. But you know, his dad did the same thing when he went out for Goliath. Put his armor on. Mm-hmm. You know, interesting thing, I think they were totally different aspects of what they were going for. Oh, no you know, question about it. They were going was, the opposite. Yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> Saul was out that if David went out in mm-hmm. his armor is, and it, slayed Goliath, well, then people may have thought that it was the king, right? that it was Saul doing it. And mm-hmm. then, you know, however many years later this is, from that time, Right. Yeah, that Jonathan is doing the same
0: thing but in a totally different concept Well, and you know the thing about it is from an agricultural uh, standpoint people don't understand when you raise an animal it <coughs> treats you from birth because you feed it it, it treats you like king You're, you are the sheriff over it it's when the animals that come from the outside those are the ones you have to worry about and the predators you kill them you cannot rehabilitate a predator, a bobcat, a coyote, a wolf. You slay it. And that's what he was used to by keeping taking care of his sheep. And he was good at it. Yeah. And it finally got to the point with Goliath that he just went after the wrong person when David engaged. Because David had more edge. He wasn't, unlike Jonathan, he wasn't raised inside the palace. David was out among the animals. He had that animal instinct. And I think that's part of what Jonathan recognizes in him. This guy is just a bad man, and he's been anointed. He is capable of taking care of the people. I think he realizes that.
5: Yeah. I agree.
0: I agree. Yeah, All right, and with that, let's go ahead and we'll uh, uh, read. The, this is Lesson Ten: The Best of Friends. We're in First Samuel twenty-one through seventeen and thirty through forty-two. Then David fled from uh, Nayath in Ramah and came and said before Jonathan, "What have I done? What is my guilt and what is my sin before your father that he seeks my life?" And he said to him, "Far from it." You shall not die. Behold, my father does nothing, either great or small, without disclose, disclosing it to me. And why should my father hide this from me? It is not so. But David vowed again, saying, Your father knows well that I have found favor in your eyes, and he thinks, Do not let Jonathan know this, lest he be grieved. But truly, as the Lord lives, and as your soul lives, but there is but a step between me and death. Then Jonathan said to David, Whatever you say, I will do for you. David said to Jonathan, Behold, tomorrow is the new moon, and I should not fail to sit at the table with the king. But let me go, that I might hide myself in the field till the third day at evening. If your father misses me at all, then say, David earnestly ask leave of me to run to Bethlehem his city, for there is a yearly sacrifice there for all. All the clan. If he says, good, it will be well with your servant. But if he is angry, then know that harm is determined by him. Therefore, deal kindly with your servant, for you have brought your servant into a covenant with the Lord with you. But if there is guilt in me, kill me yourself, for why should you bring me to your father? And Jonathan said, Far be it from you, if I knew that it was determined by my father that harm should come to you, would I not tell you? Then David said to Jonathan, Who will tell me if your father answers you roughly? And Jonathan said to David, Come, let us go out into the field. So they both went out into the field. And Jonathan said to David, The Lord, the God of Israel, be my witness. When I have sounded out my father about this time tomorrow or the third day, behold, If he is well disposed toward David, shall I not be then send and disclose it to you? But should I please my father to do you harm? The Lord do so to Jonathan and more also, if I do not disclose it to you and send you away, that you may go in safety. May the Lord be with you as he has been with my father. If I am still alive tomorrow, show me the steadfast love of the Lord that I may not die, and do not cut off your steadfast love from my house forever. When the Lord cuts off every one of the enemies of David from the face of the earth, and Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David, saying, May the Lord take vengeance on David's enemies. And Jonathan made David swear again by his love for him, for he loved him as he loved his own soul. Then Saul's anger was kindled against Jonathan, and he said to him, You son of a perverse, rebellious woman, do I not know that you have chosen the son of Jesse to your own shame and to the shame of your mother's nakedness? For as long as the son of Jesse lives on this earth, neither you nor your kingdom shall be established. Therefore send and bring him to me, for he shall surely die. Then Jonathan answered Saul, his father, Why should he be put to death? What has he done? But Saul hurled a spear at him to strike him. So Jonathan knew that his father was determined to put David to death. And Jonathan rose from the table in fierce anger and ate no food the second day of the month, for he was grieved for David because his father had disgraced him. In the morning, Jonathan went out into the fields to the appointment with David And with him a little boy. And he said to his boy, Run and find the arrows that I shoot. As the boy ran, he shot an arrow beyond him. And when the boy came back to the place of the arrow that Jonathan had shot, Jonathan called after the boy and said, Is not the arrow beyond you? And Jonathan called after the boy, Hurry, be quick, do not stay. So Jonathan's boy gathered up the arrows and came to his master. But the boy knew nothing, only Jonathan and David knew the matter. And Jonathan gave his weapons to his boy and said to him, Go and carry them to the city. And as soon as the boy had gone, David rose from beside the stone heap and fell on his face to the ground and bowed three times. And they kissed one another and wept with one another, David weeping the most. Then Jonathan said to David, Go in peace, because we have sworn both of us in the name of the Lord, saying, The Lord shall be between me and you. And between my offspring and your offspring forever. And he rose and departed, and Jonathan went into the city. Friends to death.
2: Willing to die for his friend. Well he and went he went almost against did. his dad. And yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. He went up against his dad for his friend. You know, right. for what was actually right. And you know that's gotta just be a seriously tough, you know Well,
1: and, and not only not only the part where he goes against death, but if you think about it. So, this is an old kingdom. So, Jonathan's the heir apparent. He's going to be the king. He's going to get the concubines. He's going to get the harem, He's going to have the royal treasury. He's going to be in command of the armies. He's going to have basically everything he wants. And in essence, by acknowledging David and David's position,
0: he's given it up. He's given
1: all of that
0: up. You're absolutely correct. And
1: literally, David could decide, you know what, there's too many people going to follow Jonathan, after his dad's dead, I'm just going to kill him and be done with it and take over.
3: That's that's the way, it doesn't matter what the, what the heir says. The heir may have yeah. people who are much interested in that heir being king. Take a look, Mary, Queen of Scots.
4: Ha, right.
1: Excellent. Um, sure. <laughs> she didn't really
3: want to be queen. She was kind of a ditzy, in fact. Yeah. But there were people who wanted her on the throne, and well, we know that story.
0: Right. That
3: didn't go so well. No. <laughs>
0: Well, and another thing is, though, you think of Jonathan. He's dealing with his father's depression as he's getting to the end of his life and his erratic behavior. I'm, and finally, go he's like he, it's like he's finally pushed to reconcile that, no, this isn't going well. I need to switch teams.
1: And, and I'm going to go beyond I, I think we're at the point I think pardon me we've, saw, we've seen rather some of Saul's eccentricities until this point I think you're getting into full blown depressive psychosis at this point with Saul I really do I mean he literally he threw a son in, spirit in his son yeah, we, I, so yeah, yeah, yeah that, son. That, that is more from my studies and my experience leads more to a depressive psychosis yeah. Then just... That, so that's beyond depression. You can't
5: depression.
3: place your anger
5: in a reason. Yeah. Yeah. Is that why? There,
1: there's yeah. no logical... Saul David has no logical it. thinking left.
3: His, his, his hatred of David is completely irrational. It's, it's consumed him. It's and, still, yeah, it's and, consumed. I mean, he's still the king. He's still... He's not only he's the king, he shouldn't be this afraid of the guy. Um. But to, to your point, what you're saying, I mean, the dramatic aspect of this... Is that Jonathan not only not only swears fealty to David? He, he gives this curse almost. May the Lord take vengeance on David's enemies. Well, who is David's enemy right now? Saul, Saul. Saul his own father. So I mean, he's making a a dramatic statement of loyalty, a statement of of um,
2: of alliance, mm-hmm. um, of submission. Submission. That's the word I was looking yeah. for. Yes. Yes. Yeah, but I mean, you know. With uh, oh, how do I say that?
5: Oh, go on. Uh, well, you start off with David here that was it for a second. David is really scared. Both of them are afraid of each other at this point because they're unsure, right? Correct. David mm-hmm. is so afraid that Jonathan's going to turn and follow his father. He says, "He says, hmm. you swore in a covenant between you and me." But if there's any guilt in me, Jonathan, kill me. Why do you want to take? Why would you want to take me to your father? Because he still believes at this mm-hmm. point Jonathan may turn and follow his family, which the normal person would. Right. with right. All that The normal. Dangled. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, but instead, Jonathan reassures him. Oh no, I know that you're going to become king. Well.
3: Well. He also. But before he does that, Jonathan. I mean, leading up to that, Jonathan says, "Well, I haven't heard Saul say anything about it." You know, because David comes out. I mean, he's getting, he's he, he's he's on, he's in the middle here. He's got his father saying, you know, right. going going downhill, and he's got David, his best friend, saying, your father wants to kill me, and Again. Jonathan says,
4: <laughs> well, you know, yeah, he good hasn't
3: good. said that. I don't know. He's almost saying, where do you get that idea? And and, and David comes back and says, well, believe me, because he's not going to tell you. He he knows you're my buddy. He's not he's not going to tell you, um, and they, so they. So they contrive this this okay, well I'm gonna say I'm gone to Bethlehem and let's see what his reaction is, and then we'll really see. And this this is Jonathan makes his covenant with David there, but in a way he has to see for himself too. But he does well, speak up fair, uh, to yeah, be fair, I mean, he does speak up on David's behalf at the yeah. New Moon Festival, and that really gets Saul's <clears throat> goat.
0: Well, it's right. the uh new bull young bull taking over <laughs> for the old bull the old bull is hanging on till the end and when you if you do that in agriculture it's amazing the differences in the personalities some young bulls will not attack or won't push the old bull aside others will and it seems like david is just one of those ones that is content to continue to be anointed, groomed, and as long as he's not killed, he seems to be absolutely fine with (coughs) waiting, waiting his time, learning everything in the palace. He seems to be fairly agreeable. This right now is forcing the issue. This is... This is forcing the issue of regime change, and 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 so and this is absolutely critical. This this situation with Jonathan, Jonathan is really the swing vote. <laughs> oh no
5: question. Yeah yeah absolutely. And
0: so how he handles it and there's, it's kind of like the uh, a dog, uh, when they get in a fight when one dog is getting ready to kill the other one it will expose its neck and that's what he did he essentially said I'd rather have if I'm going to get killed you kill me rather than Saul kill me because he realized this was a critical moment in that regime
1: well this is not only that but this is from this point forward David becomes the future
0: right right
1: This is the point where, uh, up until now, David has come in. He's been anointed by by Samuel the prophet. He has joined Saul's court as his musician. He has slain Goliath. And from what we understand, he was part of the court during all this. That's how him and Jonathan became so close and became friends. And Saul also gave David one of his daughters his wife at this point. So he has been part of the entire... Saul court, as it were. Now he's moving at this... This is the turning point where David becomes a fugitive. He gathers the mighty men that we've talked about and studied and moved on at that. And this point. So this really is... This is the seminal story in the turn... This is the seminal moment where the story turns between Saul and David even more. Well,
2: and you know... He... Uh He's liked by everybody. I mean he slayed Goliath, so he's already a hero and you know, a big figure in everybody's eyes. Then he becomes part of the court and he's part of the warriors, you know, for Saul. He goes out and he's winning battles. And that's the catch. Yeah. He is winning battles. David The battles are not won for Saul. They're not Saul's battles. They turn into be David's battles and when he comes back from from war. Everybody's praising David, not Saul. So not only do you have him, and he's got all this praise from Goliath, now he's getting all this praise and glory from his victories in battle. And he's being overshadowed by David. Well, that in itself, I mean, you're the first king of Israel. Well, you don't know if this other guy can just whack you off. Sure, you got a son that's supposed to take, but if he just comes in and slaughters you all, well, then it's him. All right. So the paranoia sets
0: in. And we're going to go ahead and continue on with uh, lesson number 10, The Best of Friends. We're in the Connect 360, Character in the Crown. This is Man Up. We'll be right back. And welcome back. This is the Man Up Podcast, podcast number what sixty four. We're glad you're here. We're at Sugarland Baptist Church in Sugarland, Texas. We're in a, a study called Connect Three Hundred and Sixty: Character in the Crown. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys. This is a spiritual oasis where you can talk, or in this case, listen as men. About items of faith that you are not free to talk about or even discuss in today's political climate. But you can hear. We are on iTunes. We are on SoundCloud if you want any of our archived uh episodes. We're also on Facebook man-up where you can post questions and the group here will go ahead and answer those. I'd like to thank everybody that's following us, especially the KSBJ number 89.3 in Houston, one of the uh, what, large market uh, large market Christian radio station here last year. That's right. And so <laughs> they like regular guys and that's what we are. And we're continuing on with uh, the best of friends and talking about Jonathan's relationship with David in the final years of Saul's reign as king of Israel. One thing about, as we always talk about these lessons, how many times does it come to roost that it is really a man type of problem. Think of it this way. You have a job. You're working. You know your president is about to get whacked. And you know there's another guy in line to get it. And it's not you. Although you may have been part of the air. You might have been the vice president, but you just know somebody else has been picked. I think that's a big lesson Jonathan shows us. Even though Saul was his dad, he realized the Lord was not with him and was not with Saul's line anymore. And that's a hard reality for a man to, to realize. You're on the wrong team.
5: Just before this, in a previous lesson, if you read, many of the times, folks, you know, and, and Bill, you all know that we skip a lot of scriptures here. Right. But in the previous, possibly the previous uh, a lesson, David is being chased by Saul and his men, and Michelle, his daughter, lets him out the wall of the uh, of the, the building where Compound, they are yeah. and lets her down. So she also has become allegiance with David. Of course, she's married to him, but as you all know, sometimes um, in some of the things we've read, uh, the, the woman doesn't always back the man, but but Michelle... Saul's daughter loves David, and I believe with all my heart, the same thing as you guys have been stating, that she believes also that David is gonna be the
0: king. And she... Well and and it's not only because of David. It I know. believe it's because of Samuel too. Oh, yes. Uh, you know, I mean and he anointed Saul, and Saul was king. And so, I mean, Samuel's one for one.
5: So here's the deal, Saul won't let go of it. Right this is why the fear has come over and everything if he back up he knows by now or he believes by now he should know by now that david has been anointed to take his place and instead of letting go and letting god he holds on to even stronger and deeper which causes what either great anger the great fear that he has for david and that his whole family will be eventually destroyed
3: uh yes and but but I want to go back to what your, your the direction you were going here because here we are you know office politics in the old testament um, and yeah what what race it is on Jonathan's part and self-awareness because the natural thing to do is well wait a minute I'm the guy <laughs> Yeah, What's right. going on here? What's going on? and and maybe maybe even if you know you're the underdog, you know you're you're nowhere near as qualified as this as as this outsider, this this shepherd boy from Bethlehem. Um, I'm going to dig my heels in, and Jonathan looks at the bigger mission right now, I, i'm and so, now i, I you, yeah, know, you know we don't want to be we want to be too careful about creating parallels between you know israel and your workplace but nonetheless sometimes it's it takes discernment to say this guy yeah i got to be on the right team here even if i'm not going to be the chief Right. Uh, because i've got a guy how many, how many times in the workplace have you seen somebody come aboard and get sabotaged by the guy who didn't get the job?
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, I would say every
1: time. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. well, well, Robert, was you just laughing
3: too hard there.
1: There's a lot. Here. Boy, there's a lot here we could unpack. Um, so first things first. All leaders know how to play, and we've talked about this in past podcasts, know how to play to the strengths of each individual. That works with them and how they can do it. So part of it is is knowing how to play to the strengths and sometimes knowing that is is my favorite phrase that I like to use for me is and, and this is the oxymoron I use, I'm smart enough to know how stupid I am and you have to know where your limitations are and where you need to stop and go hey hang on a minute and there's a couple of ways you can approach that when you butt up against the wall where you don't know where you're going you can keep pounding away at it which a lot of guys were really good at that or you could take a step back and study and figure out how to solve the problem yourself or you end up moving forward by letting someone else take the lead and you learn from them as their mentor and i think that's what part of what jonathan is doing here is he's realizing you know david is the guy david is in run by samuel david is going to assume the throne. He's got his followers. Yeah, I'm the guy, but a he's my friend, and B my time's just not right. So it's time for me to be a part of this. And then you you
3: overlay the faith and and yes. and clear. Jonathan had the insight to see this was the direction God was going going in. Yeah. Either prayerfully or or the Spirit was with him. Uh, but when you think about it, it was actually a, a tremendously courageous thing to do. Um, he was risking his life. He was turning against Absolutely. his own family. In fact, every value we get you know, in the society, oh, you're loyal to your family, loyal to the He chooses to be loyal to God's choice, not... Um, whatever his choice. It, happens with his family. Why? Mm-hmm. Right? No matter what happens, he could
5: be enemy with his whole family after that. Why? Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. what you're saying he can turn. The whole family could turn on it. Well, right after that, he's through the spear. I'm yes. thinking that's yeah, got to be not some kind of a cron-
0: concrete mm-hmm.
2: thing.
5: Of, his brothers mm-hmm. could also turn on Everybody. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but,
0: but also and, and here the man thing, and we've talked about this many times in this, and this is particularly a man point of view. You have a circle of influence. And when Jonathan switched teams, I imagine his circle of influence was huge. Of course, he was the anointed one in his family. He was supposed to follow Saul. So he had not only his family, but he probably had the rest of the leadership of Saul waiting for him to take over so they were in position too so when Jonathan switched teams everybody had the opportunity to switch teams so he really he needed to make the right choice because he swayed probably most of the kingdom
3: maybe maybe not I. I some his family, but if he's got like his his minister in training, must be there wondering. Well, am I ever going to get to to be the you know the hand of the king now? To, to use contemporary things. Good point. Things. Am, am R- right. You know, I think I think I think you could count it counted on maybe his wives and and his fa- immediate family's loyalty on this. But anybody around his staff may be going. Shoot, I didn't you know hitch my wagon to this to this loser now who's going over here i'm gonna, you to, know
0: right.
3: <laughs> i'm going to i'm going right. to make it known that that, 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 right. that so uh, i mean it, that's it's speculation at this point but but i i give i give i give jonathan a little more credit for for courageousness and for his loyalty to David, because I don't think he knew exactly what the outcome was and, and who was going to be his, on his side. He could have brought that leadership. He had the leadership. I'm sure it led to it. But I don't think he was 100% certain that everyone he,
2: oh, everyone underneath him, his, his right quote unquote staff, was going to go along with him. Agree. <laughs> wholeheartedly <laughs> agree. Wholeheartedly agree. Because, I mean, you got to figure if Saul is going into this dementia, this whatever, this uh, right. psychotic state, whatever and he's losing reality, he's losing that grip. If Jonathan, seconding command, so to speak, is not stepping up to be the king at this point, the other guys around Saul are. They're mm-hmm. running policy behind the scenes. They may still have Saul, mm-hmm. but they have his ear. His mind and his judgment is gone at this it, point.
1: It, it goes and back to the example of the ear. American Revolutionary War, mm-hmm. where. King George III kind of, he had a little bit of a mental deficit going mm-hmm. on. Uh-huh. And all, all the uh, prime ministers and everybody else was running the country and behind the scenes, and the king's just kind of...
2: The head. Yeah, right. He's the figure. Here I am. I'm here. And as long as the populace could see them, everything is fine. The king is there. Everything is still running smoothly. It's kind of like the U.S. has turned out to be. Everything is running fine for a while, so everybody just forgot about it. <laughs> ah, you know, there's a president up there. They're doing fine, you know. Um, but, you know, those guys had to have been running so much behind the scenes. I,
3: I, I'm running with that ball for a minute. They say, you know, it's a power vacuum. Nature reports the vacuum. There is a power vacuum there. But you look at, jo- you look at Jonathan. Jonathan puts his chips on God's choice. I mean, if, if, we, if we take what you're oh, saying... Oh, that's
0: perfect. The gambler there's, puts there's his chips down. There's, uh, nice. there's,
3: <laughs> there's chaos. And he so.
0: raised it. No, no <laughs> it puts it chips serious. down. Yeah. And, puts down there's, and there's, there's, You know, there's, there's,
3: there's all this scrambling probably around Saul. Who's going to take over, you know? We may be able to get Jonathan out of the way. Uh, someone's thinking. Someone. Everybody wants to take over. And... Well, I hate Jonathan chooses a bit of an underdog right now. The guy who's on the run, I'm going to back you. I, I, I think we go back to what you were saying earlier, Mike. I think maybe he did sense that God was, in God was had anointed David. God, God was David. David was God's
1: choice.
0: I believe that. I I, be, I, I believe Jonathan knew Samuel. I believe oh. Jonathan knew that uh, Samuel had anointed David. I, I believe that, and and the things that David had done, like slaying Goliath, uh, is just, and and the fact that they got along. You know, I mean, all of a sudden, this is the all-American. This is the all-American that's living in the palace, man. He's next. I mean, he is better than me, and I, I can just see Jonathan. This, this guy's awesome, and and Saul is going off the deep end,
1: and. Well, and and as as much as this story and as much as these 10 stories now that we've studied have been about David, because they have been, they've also been about Saul, who in, when we started, if you remember, Steve was defending Mm -hmm. Saul the entire time, (laughs) and then he did a flip, (laughs) Uh, and then I started defending him. Um, But it's a dichotomy of leadership. All the ways not to be a leader, Saul exemplifies. And what's funny is Saul is the guy who had everything from the beginning. He was tall. He was good looking. He was the warrior. He was the guy everybody wanted to follow. He prophesied. Samuel anointed him first. He was the guy that should have had it all. But he let his own leadership limitations define him. David... David's the kid they forgot about who was tending the sheep that they brought in, who chose to fight the battle a different way, who then gets put in the court to play to keep the king all happy, kind of blows that off, gets the wife. Now the king is going into his downward spiral, and he's chasing after him and trying to kill him and trying to turn really his best friend against him to help kill him. At the same time, David lifts all the potential for leadership he had. Remember, we're studying character in the crown. And it it is a dichotomy of study between the two and how they acted as leaders towards their people and how people responded to them based on their particular limitations and strengths.
0: Awesome. And this has been a great discussion. I hope you've enjoyed it. We are in... Uh, connect 360 character in the crown this is the best of friends go around the room one more time and get a summary from the fellas basically on Jonathan and David maybe their relationship or or even talk about friendship in general because this is a challenging area for men and we don't want to get so deep into the story that we ignore the reason why we're going through this, and what and the reason is we want to make men's life better, and that's why we're going through this faith journey with you. Gonna go ahead and uh, have the fellas uh, a little summary, a little little extra from the lesson. Start out with uh, Mr. Michael Cropper.
5: All right, Bill. Yeah, I, I, fantastic lesson. Uh, folks if you guys read it again uh, in your own time first Samuel 21 through 17 30 through 42 go ahead and include the scriptures 18 through 29 they fill in a little gap that we left out which has to do with the banquet and the festival that takes place and which is why Saul and jo- Jonathan learns that his dad is still after David and uh, and wants to kill him again and then we fill in the scriptures there when bill read them from 30 to the end um, you hear jonathan bless david uh he says may the lord let's see may the lord be with you as he has been with my father and you know what that sums up in the in the past god has been with my father very strongly now may the lord be with you david and in your remembrance please do not cut off my family if if they got cut off from some other way you don't have any covenant with me. You don't have any responsibility. But if, as when you become king, and my family is still alive, he says very clearly, please remember me and my family. Uh, I think the the scriptures here are just awesome because you see a whole bunch of interaction between Jonathan and David, and then you see the movement again as we've overemphasized or emphasized over and over again that the Holy Spirit has left Saul and rather than him give in to what would be wise and that simply move out of the way and let David become king, he fights against God and you're never going to win against God no matter what you do.
0: Friends are so valuable to men because they typically have very few and the best ones are the ones that they uh, have in the formative years. I don't know if I... Uh, wrote this poem, or I just read it over and over, but it's, uh, don't lead me, I may not follow, don't follow, I may not lead, just walk beside me and be my friend. And I think when men look at that and that kind of relationship, they will have a quality friendship, one like what Jonathan and David actually ended up with. So, uh, continue on with uh, maybe a summary that you have, uh, Mr. Steve Titch Well, yes, the the
3: the friendship aspect of this really important, and as we hinted at earlier, we did talk about this uh, in the in the six battles every man must win. Um, that yeah, men don't have many friends, <laughs> and, yeah, and very, they have very little time to develop it, but uh, develop those friendships. But we see that here. We also see and and. It's 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 interesting. Though we talked a lot about Jonathan's yeah. choice, this is an example in the Bible where a son goes against his father. Incredibly rare, um, yeah, and, rare. And, Absolutely and and rare. with discernment, and is is judged well for it. Uh, yeah. It's to, so it is an example. I and mean, I know there are family conflicts out there, and there are many instances where. You've got uh, maybe a parent who has trouble letting go of an 18- or 19-year-old, still sees them as a 12-year-old, and you want you want maybe prayerful maturity, but sometimes a tough decision has to be made. Do I go with new relationships, relationships with contemporaries, or do I go with someone that I, my prayers and my walk with God tell me, Maybe believes he has my best interest, but may not have. It's a. I don't want to deal with that too much, but nonetheless, we see that we see that important friendship shaping with uh, Jonathan and David, and it, Jonathan grows from it. It's important in Jonathan's own growth. He's a kind of a major character in this story. As I said, the, the turning point, not only not only symbolic for the way. The story is turning, but for as a as a as a figure himself, uh, he uh, he represents a, a a personal connection. He is breaking with breaking with what his expectation is. The expectation right. Right. is that he he with his you know he follows his footsteps in his father's, and he's he he truly angers his father, and 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 there'll be consequences from that. Uh, but he chooses he chooses. David. He chooses the next king. He chooses uh, what he believes uh, is the correct decision, is the direction God is leading the nation. And to sum up, he also knows that gracefully, he's not the guy. This is the guy.
0: That's right. That's right. Professor?
1: Yeah. um, Find find your friends. We had a Passing at our church last year, um, Bodie Peak, one of our deacons, tech guys who had been a member and actually very, very much a contemporary of me. Um, His son and my older son actually graduated high school together, grew up together. And what amazed me sitting at the service was the way his friends talked about and what he had done for his friends and the way he had approach life to build friendships and build service as a part of that was one of the huge things um other thing i just want to throw a shout out uh, life does go on we are at churchland baptist church as bill mentioned and we want to send a man up welcome to jeff moran our new executive pastor oh yeah oh here. that's the principal who will, be here, who will be here on yeah. August 5th for the first time, so we want to welcome him here. And, and uh, I had a little chat with Pastor Taylor, our, our senior pastor. He sat next to me during the service and actually commented it was really nice having a full staff room for dinner
0: oh,
2: on Friday night. We have
1: just hired Katie Massoud, our new youth minister, and Alana, Alina Vaughn, I was trying to get her name correct, our new minister of missions and so we're moving right along and it's very exciting to you.
0: Excellent. Kyle Trahan, uh, your uh, comments and uh, and pray us out. You know, when we talk about
2: friends and, you know, as I contemplate on the lesson itself, again, I go back to that uh, Six Battles and uh, I went back and was looking at some of my notes and uh, in the book uh, Six Battles Every Man Must Win by Bill Perkins, he throws out three friendship traits that uh, are crucial that we're supposed to focus in on and work on to, to be good men and be good friends to each other and one is to be a focused listener well, I think Jonathan pulled that off stellar Right. he listened to his friend and knew what he needed um, the second trait that he brought out was to be a big league encourager and again thinking on the lesson uh, he certainly pulled that one off first friend. The third one is to be a courageous risk taker, you know, and certainly in this day and age, you know, most of us have all been hurt by a friend. We've all got battle wounds and scars. That's well, because we're, we're old. We're oh, old guys. Yeah. We've been around, yeah. man. I'll speak for yourselves, you, yeah. know. <laughs> uh, and, you know, but we won't go any further. But, uh, you know, being that risk taker uh, and putting yourself out there sometimes is a hard thing to do you know for a lot of us Uh, we build walls and we get comfortable within those walls and it's hard to get out there and do it and to be a friend for the guy next to you because we're all in this crazy world together you know and you know like our group here we're there to make sure that you're doing okay that you're getting through you know and, and to help guide you through it if you're struggling You know, and that's the value of a friend. The guy that you know has your back will always be there. No matter what, call me at three in the morning. If I hear my phone, I'll oh, answer Oh, well, call Kyle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's
0: uh, Kyle. That's uh, Kyle uh, Trahan. That's right. Oh, uh, Kyle. Uh, Kyle. Uh, we can
2: give him uh, your number. That's, that's, that's right.
0: right I'll find it on the website or something. Hey, if it's <laughs> before 8.30, you can give me a holler. <laughs> uh, <yeah>. Maybe you should give out Kyle's yeah. on yeah. the podcast. Everybody can call him. Everybody can't wait till 2.30 or 3 in the morning to call him.
2: You know, <laughs> but I, I have always been that guy. Right. That
3: uh, that is true yeah no getting kidding. Kidding uh, aside that is true no, I
2: uh, you yeah. know I, I remember being a kid and a, a friend of mine called and they were in a bad place and said they had had enough in this world and you know they reached out to me because they knew I would be the guy driving 100 miles an hour to get to their home which I was you know um, you know so it's the point is is stick your neck out there be a man. Be willing to get hurt and find a friend and stick by him. You know, Excellent. Um, Go ahead and pray us out, Kyle. We'll call it a podcast. Father, thank you for this glorious day. Thank you for these men that I get to hang out with and learn from and this great country we have where we can express these opinions and put them out there on social media and all kind of other crazy things where technology has brought us. So that we can hopefully bring hopefully bring insight and meaning and purpose to other people's lives as well. Help us guide us through today, tomorrow, and every day as we walk. Help us to be better men, better for each other, and better for others. And this I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. This is the Man Up Podcast. You can find us on iTunes. Also, we archive on SoundCloud. If you have a question or comment, you can put that at our man-up Facebook page, and we're also on Twitter as well, and I saw the professor scribbling some notes, so I'm going to, fairly certain there's going to be some new stuff there as well. So we're, we just want to encourage you, if you're ever in Sugarland or the Houston area, stop on by. We have the Man Up Adult Bible Fellowship on Sunday morning, or if we encourage each and every one of you to join a Bible-based church. Get involved in the Adult Bible Fellowship or Sunday School class. Find a men's only class, and if there isn't one, start one. This is Man Up. Later. You've been listening to Man Up.
4: you got I want the truth. You can't handle the truth.
0: Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place you can contact us on Facebook under man up post questions and we'll answer them right here on the man up podcast.